What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you for the divisional round playoff preview. A lot of storylines to get into, a lot of fun topics that we're going to bring in, and believe it or not, a pretty well-known segment that we've been doing that really kind of started us going. We've gotten away from it a little bit, but hey, no worries. We're coming back to it. Tree Sivia is making its tribute. Coming back again. Love to see that. Trees, before we do it, divisional round is here. We are at this point in the season. Crazy wild card weekend. What are your thoughts, quick expectations of this divisional round? And then we'll roll right into Tree Sivia. Uh, I think this weekend is going to be better than last weekend. And that I think that's very hard to do for how good it was. But I really think all of these games are going to be amazing. I'm very excited to be able to watch this game being the Chiefs game. Um, knowing that you're watching it, this is the first time that since we've known each other that the Chiefs have played a playoff game. So it's going to be a great time knowing how stressed you are. And I'm going to be watching the game. And every time I'm like, oh, I know what Austin's thinking right now. And it's going to be a good time. It is going to be very fun. That's for sure. And you're right about first time watching a playoff game because we were introduced pretty damn close after the loss um of that uh championship game that was when because i went to mobile and that's when you were like hey keep an eye out on my guy will greer here so that was about when everything kind of took off yeah i mean i think we met like a week or two before that but like we just played a video game together that's all we did and then yeah i got very mad at you yeah you did yeah yeah that it was it was an ugly loss for you and it happens it was tough because the team i played before kept running the same play um, and throwing to the running back over and over and over. And it was just driving me insane. No one would stop it. I was getting mad. And then I come play you the next week and just get destroyed at every aspect of the game. Um, I think Yannick and Ngakwe literally had seven sacks. It was something like that. I mean, that in that league, Yannick and Ngakwe won the MVP. And he had like, I think it was like 38 sacks. I just dominated with him. Um, but. It was ridiculous, but I mean, I'm always going to go back to this just because he's so hard to stop. Tyreek Hill is so hard to stop in that game. You did not have Tyreek Hill that game. No, he got injured the second week of this Madden season. Yeah. Due to, believe it or not, a broken collarbone. So a little foreshadowing there on what would eventually end to come. Yep. But, yeah. You hate to see that aspect of it, but <laughs> yep. Freaking Madden, man. Totally. Um, yeah, so that's my expectations and what I'm excited for this weekend. Um, it's actually my kid's first birthday on Saturday, so that'll be a good time. Like We're going to be celebrating that, plus I get to watch some playoff football. So, I mean, it should be a good weekend. Heck of a time. One years old. I don't know if we've said his name or not, but happy first year of life to your son, Trees Jr. Uh, we'll just call him that here. <laughs> We've said his Keep name. His name safe is on the airways. His name is Miles. It's fine. We've said it multiple times. Just don't want to, you know, just want to make sure we're covering all the bases here. Congrats to you and Jasmine. Beautiful son turning one years old. Exciting time for you guys this weekend. Let's get into Tree Sylvia here. Let's it's, do it. it's good to have it back. I'm ready to take some notes. Can't wait to be wrong again. Let's do it. All right. 
player A, completion percentage. And this is for the 2019 season. Both of these players are in the playoffs currently. So this is completion percentage? Yep. 69.1%. Very nice. Passer rating, 107.4. Passing yards, 3,603. Touchdowns, 26. Interception, 6. Do you know who this player is? Because you're smiling. It's... It's not Patrick Mahomes. Let's just wait until we do the next one. Okay. Uh, Player B, also 69.1% completion percentage. Passer rating of 102. Passing yards, 3,978. Passing touchdowns, 27. Interceptions, 13. First off, which player do you want leading your team in the playoffs? I want player A guiding my team in the playoffs. Higher passer rating, um, more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions. It is very close. Excuse less me, yards. not more yards. Yep, okay. Less yards. Hmm. I want to say player A is Lamar Jackson. No, Lamar Jackson had like 37 touchdown passes. Passes or just total? Passes. I didn't realize he had 37 passing. I thought some of those were the rushing. Okay. Is one of them Patrick Mahomes? No. Neither of them are. Neither of them are. Not gonna be Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Je- or uh, Deshaun Watson. Nope. These are NFC guys. These are NFC guys. So one is Aaron Rodgers. I'm Neither are. that's gonna be a. Neither are Aaron Rodgers. My God. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, one of them is Jimmy G. Jesus Christ. A. B. You've literally named. Every quarterback except for one. Yeah, pretty much. Russell Wilson. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Jesus, I hate you. And sorry, just so I'm not wrong here, Lamar Jackson had 36 touchdown passes. Thanks for clarifying the one difference. <laughs> hey, I don't want to be wrong on this. <laughs> How many did he have total then? Do you know? Can you see that? I didn't look. I mean, I could pull it back up, but... um, So... Anyways, yeah, Kirk Cousins is who I picked. A. Hey. Nothing. You did you get that sorry. mixed up? Kirk Cousins is a. Yeah, sorry, I was reading how many touchdown rushes Lamar Jackson had. And he had seven. So he had forty-three touchdowns altogether. Not fifty. Not fifty. It's true. <clears throat> oh. But anyways, so that's the first <laughs> playoff game. I mean, we kind of just stopped talking that for a second. Uh, this is a podcast. We kind of need to talk. Um, so that is how we are going to start out our divisional round weekend is with those two quarterbacks going head to head and very, very similar stats. Very similar. Um, 
And it's surprising. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, the 49ers, you know, are a running team as well. But, like, the Vikings are primarily a running team. Yes. So to see these, like, kind of correlate in a way where Jimmy G has Kyle Shanahan as this genius play caller, as closely as they relate, I mean, maybe this – I think we ought to, like, kind of showcase this out there as well and put it up as a poll and let people vote. And then go, all right, one's Kirk Cousins, one's Jimmy G. And go, does Kirk Cousins still deserve that fully guaranteed contract if his numbers are matching Jimmy G and the 49ers are getting all this praise? Why are we going to shit on one guy but praise the other one? They're practically the same. You know what I mean? This is similar to your first Trisivia that we did with Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Yep. Some pretty interesting stuff. This is why I like Trisivia because we get stats like this that no one's really paying attention to. I'm not really hearing anyone's talk about this at all. So I would like to get this out there very quickly um, for us to get that rolling because that's that's interesting. And that gets people talking. And guess who did that? You did that. Trees talking football. Yep, talking football did that. That's that's how it works around here. Ew. Ayo. All right, let's get into some storylines first, and then we'll do some preview stuff because we also have a little game that we're doing with the previews. So let's do the just around around the horn type thing Ooh. first. That's a that's a show on ESPN, so we can't use that. But um, around the laces, around the laces. I love it. Is that actually good? I was right off the top of the dome. I like it. And if anybody else doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> I was waiting for let us know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Our podcast. Welcome. <laughs> All right. First off, Matt Rule goes to the Panthers. <clears throat> a bit. Of, oh, excuse me. A little bit about a weird scenario, right? Because it was like, okay, the giant or the Panthers didn't let him leave, and that's how they got him. But then, like, there was reports that the Giants were already working on a contract with Joe judge and they told Matt rule that. And so it was almost like the giants had already chose Joe judge before they did Matt rule, like even before he showed up. So a lot of people, but for a couple hours, everybody was like giants, you're idiots. Like, how did you not let him hurt? Why did, how did you not talk to him before the Panthers got in? Right. But I mean, low key, the reports are that Joe judge was already their guy even before that. Which is surprising to hear because, I mean, I don't know of anyone that was really talking about Joe Judge being a coaching candidate. I mean, this is a guy that was a special teams and wide receivers coach in New England. And, I mean, if you look at it, special teams great. Wide receiver group, not so hot and productive. So as a Giants fan, you initially don't like that aspect of things of, well, who did he coach in the receiving room and how did they do this year? Well, if you take a quick look, the answer is not so hot. So that's confusing for Giants fans, but reports have come out that Joe Judge was the pretty much the designated leader, controlled the room when Bill Belichick had kind of left. Like if he wasn't present in the room, Joe Judge was in control, had things done. He had the respect of his players. And then you go to Matt Rule, who was praised by every person who's interacted with him. A lot of his former players are telling current are telling current Panther players like hey you got a heck of a coach here so maybe both teams have their guy definitely won't be able to tell for the next couple years but yeah Matt Rule going to the Panthers new owner does what he needs to do to find his guy find his coach for this team and 
You know, they might have a highlight storyline going to the end of this next season, going in the offseason as well, because I don't have some free agents kind of being interested in going, hey, we've watched this guy turn a program in Temple around. We've seen him do the same thing in Baylor. They go from 1-11 and 11 to 11-1 and in, you know, three years of him being there. And, I mean, they're doing pretty well. You know I mean? He's kind of got Baylor back on the map after all those awful stories and allegations that came, not allegations, the sanctions that came out of there and what was in resulted. He came in and did what he needed to do, and the Panthers are hoping for the same thing. So if you are a Panthers fan listening to this, congrats to you. I can't wait to see what this offense does. It's going to be interesting to see where you guys go at quarterback, but congrats on finding your new coach. Yeah. Did you watch the video of him and – DJ, DJ Moore, Moore? Yeah. yeah, that was funny. That was a funny video. I like yeah. that. I like uh, how casual he is just talking to him as well. You totally. know, he's not like acting super. I mean, he's just another one of the guys. Yeah, and I just I thought that was kind of cool. You want to know what it reminded me of? And I'm sure everybody's saying this. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure everybody's saying this is the Sean McVay feel like when he first got there because that was on Hard Knocks. Remember, because yeah. they were Hard Knocks and then that all or nothing and all or nothing. Right. They were on both. Yep. That's actually same, right. Same year, they're on both, right? But like at the end of, but you're right. It, it, I'm sorry, you are right though. It was the end of All or Nothing where they show him going to his first practice and stuff, and how like awesome he was like with the players, and you could tell. So for sure, um, leads us to Cleveland. Only opening job still. Uh, I'm still sticking with the McDaniel's thing. I mean, it's not like a hot take or anything. I think a lot of people are thinking that, but. I mean, it just seems like it's a perfect job for him. Like, it per- really Personnel-wise, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's so weird to say that. Like, Josh McDaniels is well-renowned coaching candidate. Everyone's been wanting him, and he ends up in Cleveland. Yeah. Like, if he goes to Cleveland, he, I, and I don't know this, but I'm assuming he's the type of coach that needs to have control over everything. So, this position, maybe the Haslam's just give him that. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. you're Bill Belichick prodigy. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is the one time the Haslam's go, I'm out of the way. Maybe. Do what you need to do. Yep. Hmm. I'm excited to see that, though. Um, going on to draft uh, players that have entered the draft in the last couple of days. The the two big ones were today, Jake Fromm out of Georgia quarterback, and then just barely within the last uh, two hours, uh, Cole McDonald, the quarterback for Hawaii, also entered the draft. He's just a fun guy to watch. He's he's exciting to watch. Um, but what he'll do in the NFL, I don't know. But he has an amazing deep ball. Like it's it's a pretty pretty ball. So. That's um, those are the two big ones. Obviously, we are now eleven days away from the deadline of being able to um, either enter the draft or go back to school. So I'm sure next week we we may even just have a full podcast just about draft prospects at that point. Yeah, I mean it, it's getting to that point. Like you mentioned, Cole McDonald, great deep ball throw, really caught the attention of a lot of people in his bowl game. Um, that's good for him to just kind of shine in the big moment. Um, he's also a player who's gotten better every season he's played. Um, last year, 3,000 yards. This past season, he was over 4,000, 33 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He's got sacked 19 times, but hey, 63% completion percentage. You like to see that. I mean, he's a guy who's he's throwing the ball, he's developing, and you know, he might do well at the next level. 6'4", 220. Good stats for him. And then you go to Jake Fromm, another guy 
Um, 6'2", 220, a little on the shorter side. He's kind of kept his interceptions down to below eight every year he's played, comes in as a freshman, takes the job, and he's sitting at that 60% completion mark. But his yardage, I mean, every year it's just like this guy's staying stagnant. I mean, his yards are getting better a little bit each year. His passing attempts have gone up. He's been sacked 15 times this past season, 24 touchdowns. Good good kid. Didn't have much to work with this season with all of his talent going to the draft the year before. But this is hard to evaluate because a lot of people might put too much thought into this or go, hey, he hasn't developed. Or some people are going to realize he didn't have much to work with. He did what he could. Going to the SEC championship game, I think his leading receiver – or the receiver that had the most yards had was 400. So there was no star-studded or just reliable guy to go to. And Georgia was kind of a running team. You know what I mean? A lot of running backs have been produced out of that school, and two of them are kind of dominating the NFL today in Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. So it's going to be tough to evaluate these guys, but this is the beauty of it. And then the next quarterback that I want to discuss, Trace, anything you want to add there before I just cut you off? I'm sorry. You didn't cut me off, but uh, I was going to say, I was like a huge Jake Fromm guy two years ago, thinking anybody's stupid if they don't think he's going top 10. And this year, like I need to watch more film, but right, I'm actually very, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Like I, He's not a first-round quarterback for me right now. But again, I still need to watch more film, but I, I think he's going to be one of those Andy Dalton-type guys in the second to third Absolutely. round. Absolutely. Yep. Anyways, go ahead. So our next guy going to the Senior Bowl, big good for us. Can't wait to watch this kid live. Justin Herbert out of Oregon is making the trip all the way across the country to Mobile for the week. Six six two thirty, kid who thought was going to declare last year come the draft, be drafted pretty high. Decides to go back and play ball. Mainly, I think it was to live out the dream of playing football with his brother, uh, beginning to be in Oregon. His brother's a tight end. Um, exciting time for him and their family. 32 touchdowns, 66 completion percentage, threw for 30, excuse me, threw for 3,400 yards. I mean, six interceptions. He's also a guy who got better every single year. Last year, or excuse me, this season, last year, literally, um, best year that he's had. So going back to him was smart, showed a lot more leadership, showed, showed a lot more poise and development. He has an opportunity to go into Mobile in really gain the attention of a lot of other guys. And I do have to wonder if Justin Herbert's going and Mr. Oh my gosh, his name's Jalen. Jalen Hurts is going. Does, does Burrow go? Fuck it. Yeah. Let me go own it. I don't give a shit. I'll go fucking show you why I'm number one. That would be amazing. And just Put a huge smile on my face and obviously everybody's face that's going there. But um, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know if I'm watching anyone else. Like, it's just fucking right there on the quarterback group. Yeah, just follow them no matter what. <laughs> yep, no, for sure. Uh, I'm very excited for her. sticking with Herbert here. I'm very excited for him going. When I saw that, I just had a huge smile on my face just because he is like, there are like two types of people in this world. People that believe in him or people that just say no, right? Like there's – I feel like there's no in-between. Like it's just like, cool, he can make a throw here and there. But he's still – it's just screen passes and he never steps up in big games. And people like to bring up the Auburn Hail Mary where he threw it out of bounds. Obviously it can't happen. But like to me I didn't I, 
I don't put that into my notes. Like, ah, he threw a Hail Mary and he threw it three yards too far. Like, I, I don't put that in my notes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Herbert's awesome. I, I really like him. Um, do I think he's going to be great? No, but I've, I, I've enjoyed watching him in the Pac-12 the last couple of years. You know, I mean, 6'6", 230, heck of a frame there. Got a hell of an arm as well. It's, it'll be fun to watch him. and I mean, he's going to stick out like a sore thumb. I mean, you got six, six yes, quarter, yes. six six quarterback. I mean, it's going to be like Tyree Jackson last year. Big old six seven dude. Looked like His running looked like he was jogging. Turns out that it was his full sprint and a rollout. Maybe why he didn't translate to the next level so well. <laughs> but, you know, well, it'll, I mean, all eyes are going to be on the quarterbacks. It's going to be fun. Can't wait for the senior bowl. That is coming up very quickly. Um, let's get into one more thing. Speaking of a quarterback, a great guy coming back, Tom Brady, no shit. Made a post today or yesterday, completely official. I am coming back and playing. My time is not over. Great post. If you haven't read it, go read it. But this next topic, I just wanted to get that out of the way, Trace. I know you're probably looking at like, oh, we skipped one. Something we need to talk about. I mean, something a lot of people are talking about. And it's a rule that was put in place to help minorities at least get an opportunity to interview but there's a problem with it, and it's the Rooney rule. I know I have quite a bit to say about it, but I feel like I've been talking enough. No, Trace, I'm letting you go. You put this on here. I know you got something to say. I'm shutting up for right now. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a huge problem with it. And do I have a solution for it? No, so I'm going to be the guy that complains about a rule and then don't have a solution right now. But, like, it's clear that there's a problem, right? Like, it's the same guy or one or two guys every single year that gets a job. And then like when it starts getting down in the nitty gritty, you don't hear about their name anymore. Like, Oh, this team interviewed like seven guys and a minority is one of them. And then it's like, it's down to coach a or B and coach a and B are never the minority. Like I have a very, very hard time believing that none of them are good enough to have a job as a head coach. Uh, and that's why these guys are getting stuck in coordinator jobs for their entire career. And so, again, do I have a solution for it right now? I don't. Uh, I mean, I give NFL props for at least making this rule. Like, that was a good first step. But, like, then they, it's like they put it on the back burner. And we're like, okay, well, we have we have this place in place. We're good for a while. Rather than being like, keep executing and making it better and better. Because at some point, and I'm, I mean, I guess that point's now because it's being brought up a lot. Like people now know that that rule is just a joke at this point. And I genuinely feel bad because there are so many good minority coaches that deserve this opportunity and they're just not getting it. And the owners know what they're doing. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And the thing is, this rule was put in place not that long ago. I mean, what? Less than 20 years ago? Maybe less than 10? Or yeah. just at 10? I was thinking it was right around 10 years ago. I mean, it's going to take time. A lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people maybe don't want to realize that. But that's just the truth. Like, all this stuff is going to take time. Like, you have to let generations die out. You have to let this mindset disappear. It's not like you can look at someone, oh, rules in place. I guess I'm going to start looking. Okay, rules in place. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I have to add one more interview, and we'll just keep going. 
You know what I mean? I mean? It's just that's the reality of what it is. Some of these franchises and organizations are just now hitting 50 years old. The Kansas City Chiefs, their franchise, 60 years old. Kansas City Chiefs just turned 60. Their owner has had two. Some of these teams, I mean, their owners are the same guys who started it, or they were alive when their fathers became the owners, and then it went to them. I mean, we're now starting to see a difference in owners. We're women, the daughters are becoming owners. You know, the Jaguars are the only franchise that have a minority owner. Like all these guys are the same. They're from the same group. They're from the same class. They're from the same storyline, the same bloodline. I mean, it's just all that stuff. This is going to take time. I mean, in the next 50 years or so, maybe the greatest coach to grace football ever is of a minority group or of a different color. It's... You know what I mean? The NFL, it took a while for it to get that way. You just, it, it's going to take time. And people don't like to hear that. They don't like to realize that. But it's the truth. Just patience. You're, I mean, we, we have to learn it and we have to grasp it. Things will work itself out in a way. Yes, you need to take control at times. But this is just one of those things where we're just, I mean, we're going to have to wait. And then one thing we're going to look around and there's going to be a huge change. And I'm not saying wait and say nothing. I'm just saying, like, we're we're just gonna have to wait until someone takes that chance or opportunity. I shouldn't say chance because that might trigger some people. We're just that's that's the bottom line. We have to wait. It'll come with time. Yeah, you didn't mean chance. You meant who's gonna take the first step forward is all you meant. Really yes. Matter. And Thank so you. yeah, you're totally good. So um, I totally agree with you, and I hope I hope it's sooner rather than later. I really do. Um. And honestly, I, I mean, you're right. Jags, minority owner. I, I I would not be opposed of him being the first one to make that step. Really wouldn't. Uh, obviously, you want to do what you think is best for your franchise. That is true. I just believe that there are people that make better coaches than some that are already out there. That are minor, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So, yep. I'm glad we talked about this because something we've we've – we talked about last off season off air um, a little bit. And then obviously you get into the season doesn't really get brought up. And this is the time of year where you were like, Oh, you get reminded of, Oh shit. Like this is a problem. So, yeah. yep. Cool. All right. Should we move on to uh, some preview of some games? Yep. That is it for around the laces. We are now heading into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Western coast, to face the San Francisco 49ers. And ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a great game as the Vikings have stunned the New Orleans Saints. High hopes for them. Some praise them as being the the destined winner after the Pope had made a tweet and tagged the Saints hashtag and the logo popped up. Guess what? The Vikings came in, blew their horns, and sent them back home, drowning in the water of the Vikings' path. So now here we are, the Vikings with the 49ers, who are literally just miners. What can the Vikings do underground in San Francisco, in the Bay? Trees, initial thoughts. I literally just let that roll off my tongue, and I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> Sounded great. Uh, I think this is going to be a very fun game. Probably one of the... I can't say that. I was going to say maybe the one I'm most excited for, and then I'm looking down the line. I'm like, no, nah, I'm really excited for that one, really excited for this one, really excited for this one. Uh, so I can't say that. But <clears throat> I think it's just going to be a lot of fun because both of these offenses 
can just explode at any moment. And I don't feel like you can say that about every other game, uh, just because of the weapons that these both of these teams have. And obviously the Vikings, huge win last week, so you know they're going to be on a roll. And then the Niners have just had, really they had a, like this amazing hard stretch in the middle of the year, and their teams were just like, their offense was stepping up in those games. Like I know they lost to the Ravens, but their offense did fine, even in that bad weather game. The Saints game obviously comes to mind when it was just scoring at will both teams. And I kind of feel like that's how it's going to be. I I could see this being more of a high score game, even with both of these defenses being solid. I think that both of these offensive coordinators are gonna especially obviously Shanahan is gonna are gonna just have game plans that be like, hey, we know how to attack this defense. And I'm so excited. Like watching the Vikings with a health, healthy Thielen is just a game changer. It is a lot of fun. And then obviously the 49ers have been clicking all year. I mean, that's why they were the number one overall seed. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I'll just go with my prediction here. I will take the Niners to win this game, but I don't think that they cover that spread, which I believe is at six or six and a half right now. Something like that. Um, I mean, you hit you hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, this is going to be a fun game. Very well-sound defenses. And the weather this weekend is going to be absolutely gorgeous. 55, I guess this is the winter in California. You lucky sons of bitches. Um, good. Uh, that's going to be a good, a good day for football. Minnesota's traveling out west. Both good defenses. Both good offenses. And I, I don't know what else to add to what Treese just said there except for the fact that I would not be surprised that the Vikings got another upset here. I mean, their running game looked good last week. Their passing game, I mean, if we see Kirk Cousins dropping balls like that throughout the playoffs, I mean, talk about a storyline. Talk about guaranteed contracts becoming a thing because it's like, hey, this paid off. This just worked. Look what happened. It, it has that feeling almost of Joe Flacco. That's exactly what I was thinking as I was talking. Right, like somebody that like everybody keeps doubting and doubting, then all of a sudden they just go on this tear for five games. Obviously, I know the playoffs aren't five games, but like the even the week before the playoffs, right? Like yeah. this five week tear, and you're just like, holy shit! And, yep. You know, but for the Ravens, it was like, okay, now we have to pay this guy, and that. But obviously, then the Vikings would be like, that's why we paid this guy. But like, yep. same feeling, like as a fan. I mean, the Vikings, they have – the, the one difference the Vikings might have over the San Francisco 49ers is overall experience at the receiver position. And this is the game we were actually going to play, and let's not forget to do this here. Um, we're going to go over the groupings of each team and what we think is better here. So for this matchup, who has the better QB? Is it Kirk Cousins or are you going with Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm going, I'm going Kirk Cousins. I am as well, especially after that little stat we just did there. Yep. Yep. I mean, I'm taking Kirk Cousins there. Running back. You taking the trio of what the Niners have or Mostert, or are you going Dalvin Cook? And I got to remember, this is group. I mean, even Alexander Madison's good and Matt Boone's good. Like, this is probably the toughest one out of all of them. I'm going to take the Niners overall. Because I think that guys like Brita and Coleman are just 
better than the Boone and Alexander, even though I obviously Cook is better than uh, Mostert or whoever you want to say is the starter for the Niners. But I will take the Niners just as a group because I also have to put in uh, their fullback in as well. I mean, both teams also have great fullbacks. And that's exactly where I'm going with the Vikings. If I if you're going to make me choose one of who I wanted my running back out of all these guys listed, it's it's Dalvin Cook. That's the guy I want carrying the ball. It looks like he's jogging to the sideline. Next thing you know, he's cutting it upfield, and he's 30 yards down the field, and you're going, oh, shit. I don't know where the hell that came from, but so fucking wheat. Yeah, I'm taking Dalvin Cook. Wide receiver, tight end group. Tight end-wise, you got to go to the 49ers. I mean, George Kittle, second best tight end in the league. But wide receiver group, Thielen and Diggs. That's what I'm rolling with. Oh, you had to do that. You had to. Uh, yeah, but so you're taking the Vikings overall, right? Because we, we combined we combined wide receiver and tight end as a group. This is what makes it tough because you know the 49ers have Sanders, they have Debo, they have Kittle. They have Pettis. Pettis doesn't even see the field anymore, though. It's it's more boring at this point. But then I'm, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm just taking, taking the Vikings. Me too, dude. You've taken the Vikings on everything. Yeah, I started to see a trend here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> on uh, fire, three in a row. What about the offensive line for you? I think 49ers. I mean, I think that's fair. They're, they're, it looks like they're in healthy at the right time here at this point. So you must have to go with it. But I mean, you can't discredit the Vikings here either. Like no. that running game is good for a reason. Totally. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think like just the, the two left tackles or two left tackles, two tackles are just fantastic in McGlinchey and Staley. And I think that that's kind of what uh, did it for me. Uh, Riley Reef, the left tackle for the, the Vikings kind of a, just hasn't lived up to his contract, which you'll all see my article that's hopefully coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, we'll talk about him actually a little bit in that. But uh, I think for me, it's just those two tackle positions for them that really gives the Niners the ability to do their kind of their stretches and giving Jimmy G that extra time to step into the pocket and whatnot. So I also will take the Niners there. Uh, defensive line, also extremely difficult to go with. And surprisingly, the Vikings get overlooked or not talked about very much. Like, just they're just kind of there. But what we saw Hunter do last week, like I said, that little hop and jump that he did, then has the explosion to take off and get the sack and to force the fumble, very impressive. But I feel like if you don't take the 49ers here, you're just not watching football. I mean, this team is electric, especially if D Ford is playing. I don't think we've heard the official report on if he's in or out or what's going on there. Uh, 49ers fans, welcome to life as a Kansas City Chiefs fan with this time is here. Um, I had to take the 49ers D-line group. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Daniel Hunter is obviously great. Griffin had an awesome game. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, look at that defensive line for the Niners. You got Bosa. You got Buckner. You got Armstead. Like you said, you got um, Ford if he plays. So, yeah, you got to go with the Niners there. I totally agree. Uh, linebacker position. Um, this one could be tough as well, especially with Quan Alexander coming back. Uh, Fred Warner's playing a fantastic year, like those two mainly, like when you're playing in nickel formation there. And then for 
the Vikings, you also have good guys in Kendricks. So um, I'm going to go with the Niners just because Quan Alexander is back. If Quan Alexander was not playing, I may go with the Vikings. But I just like that speed and uh, stopping the run ability of Quan Alexander and Fred Warner. And I'm actually going to take the Vikings here. I like their linebacker. There's plenty of experience there. I mean, their lead linebacker almost left and goes, you know what? I'm coming back. Been phenomenal. Helped lead this defense. I'm taking the Vikings. Our next group here is going to be the DBs. If this was about two years ago, you're picking the Vikings. No doubt. Like, no doubt about it. Taking the Vikings. Little hiccups there. I think the 49ers, I mean, you have Richard Sherman. That guy alone is good. Everyone else is stepping up for the North, the 49ers, and that's who I'm going to take right here for my DB group. This one's still tough for me, just for how well that the Vikings played last week against the Saints. It's like they Phenomenal. played awesome. Man. Yeah. Um, and Xavier Rhodes just had a down year, but he stepped up there. Shit. I probably should have prepped this one a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm also gonna go with the 49ers, but damn, that one's really close as well. And then special teams. Uh, for me, it is the Niners. I think that they have a fantastic punter, Wisnowski from the Utes, and then obviously, sorry, what's their kicker's name? Now that I'm now that I'm blanking on it, Robbie Gold. Yes, and. He's had a fantastic year, even though he did miss a few games. I sit there, I'm like, is that his name? Um, yes, it's Robbie Gold. And um, I think that that's just, like, he's been automatic. He's made a lot of clutch kicks late in the season for them. So I will go with the Niners here. Bingo, bingo. Let's get into our next matchup here. The Tennessee Titans coming off the biggest win of their franchise for playoff history. Some might say... Beating and taking down the giant of the New England Patriots in Foxborough, the place that is unwinnable. They are piercing. They are messing up your signal to your headset. They are doing everything they can to take an advantage and win. Titans say, you know what? We also have this guy here. We have a giant of our own in Derrick Henry. Let's watch him just power drive all over your team into the next round of the playoffs. And they are now coming up against the Baltimore Ravens, a team who has ran the ball fantastically. They set the new record for the league in rushing a season, so good for them. They're coming hot. Jackson, MVP season, clearly the MVP, no doubt about it. If you are a guy that questioned his possibility or his potential of being a quarterback in the NFL, you are an idiot, and I am an idiot because that's exactly what I did. This matchup is going to be a big one. It's going to be an exciting one. And I can't wait to see who Trees picks to win this matchup between the Titans and the Ravens. Oh, you just can't wait for it, huh? Yeah, of course I'm taking Hey, Titans, you're welcome. I, I rooted for you for a couple weeks there. It's over. I'm back to hating you. And the Vikings, or Vikings, and the Ravens are who I'm picking to win this game. And, I mean, I feel like I need to root for them for a while because I was the only one of the talking football group here that uh, wanted them to do well and thought they were going to do well. So 
Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens, and I think that they, I think they handled this game pretty easily, to be honest. I know you don't. I know you don't. I, I don't I, think I, they do. I know you don't. Uh, and Eagles. when I say, <laughs> yeah, I know. Easily is <laughs> a strong word there. Uh, it's probably still going to be a good game because playoff games are just always, like, seem to always be close. But I just think that this is, in the end, the least exciting one. No, it's not. No, it's not because the next one's going to be even less exciting. You're right. Okay, this isn't going to be a total blowout. But I don't think that there was any doubt come the fourth quarter that the Ravens are going to win this game. This is going to be a back and forth game. I mean, that's the reality of it. The Tennessee, I mean, who do you have on the Ravens that's going to want to tackle Derrick Henry outside of that defensive line and Earl Thomas? I mean, if they run at Marcus Peters, that guy ain't going to tackle. He's going to go, I just got paid all this money. I ain't getting fucking hurt. I didn't tackle in Kansas City. I didn't tackle with the Rams. I ain't sure as hell ain't tackling here. You got Earl Thomas in the back. Earl Thomas misses a tackle. That dude's gone again. We're looking at a fucking tree himself getting down the field. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue that, right? Like, he's been on a roll, and it does seem like some defensive backs are scared of tackling him. But I also it doesn't, think that— They don't seem to be. They they literally are. He's 6'2", barreling at you. Yeah. I also think, though, that the Ravens are a very disciplined team, and they will contain him so he doesn't, so he can't bounce it outside as much as what he has been able to the last few weeks. I think if you keep him inside of those tackles, then you're playing the game of okay, now you have all these linemen and linebackers that will be able to bring him down. Yes, obviously, if he bounces outside, Henry's going to have the advantage every single time. That's just a fact. Yes. I just think that the Ravens will be prepared to not let him bounce it out as much. And I mean, the Ravens, yes, they have a big defensive line. The Titans have a big offensive line. If they get a couple good blocks in there and they get to the next level, he is gone again. And the only reason I'm trying to support him so much is because I shitted on him all year. Literally, ever since he's come to the NFL, this big, tall dude... Ain't no way. It's contract here. He wants paid. There are some buffoons out there saying he should be the highest paid running back in the league. If you do that, I think you're an idiot. I don't think he should be the highest paid. This is even he's on a contract here. Of course, he's going to play well. But going against the Ravens and this team, the Ravens also a great running team, a good duo in Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. I mean, this is playoff football. The Titans, their secondary is good enough to cover some of the tight ends for the Ravens. They're going to be able to find a way to contain him. I think they do just enough to take this game all the way down to the end. I don't, I'm not surprised if any team wins here. I can't pick one. I mean, I, my gut or like, you know, first looking at it, you go, yeah, the Ravens win, but I just have a gut feeling like I did with the Titans beating the Patriots. I think I was way on that way before anyone else, like the beginning of the year, watching the Patriots. I was like, they're just this isn't the team. Like they're not gonna do well. The Titans, man, they are rolling right now. They they they've have it figured out with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And I'm excited to watch this game. This is a game that I will be paying very close attention to. 
Not only is it because it's who the Chiefs are playing in the AFC Championship game, but because either one of these teams has the kryptonite for this Chiefs defense, realistically. You 100%. know? So let's get into our QB or our groupings here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you not going to pick who you, who you think wins, or are you saying the Titans? I just said it. I'm sorry. I, I, I heard that. I heard. I don't know who I think is going to win, but <laughs> I just was high on the Titans and said that they were going to beat the Patriots. That's what I heard. I didn't hear who you think is going to win this game. I said if you initially look at it, you're going to pick the Ravens. Yep. But I just have a small gut feeling that the Titans create the upset. Okay, so you were taking the Titans. Take it however you'd like. The next <laughs> game, or the next, the the groupings here, the QB group. Do you want Ryan Tannehill or Lamar Jackson? It's obviously Lamar Jackson. We're both taking Jackson. Get out of yeah. here. Okay, running back, Derrick Henry or Mark Ingram? I'm taking the Ravens running running back group. Yeah, I guess I'll do the same. <laughs> yeah, because you know why. <laughs> so, yes, wide receivers and tight ends. I mean, you have to count the tight ends. Yes, you <laughs> I do. Mean, that's, all the Viking, that's all the Ravens have, tight ends. Yep, so you're taking the Ravens. Okay, O-line group. This is stupid. Tennessee Titans. No, you're not. 100%. All right, okay. That's fine. Take the Ravens. Take the Ravens. (laughs) All right, okay. Damn it. Defensive line group. Ravens. All right, so we have now taken the Ravens in every category so far. Linebackers. Who would have thought? Not me. I'm actually going to take the Titans in linebacker group. I'm taking the Ravens. Okay. Defensive backs. Um, obviously, it's the Ravens for me all year long. I've been yeah, the reason to win the is because of how good their defensive backs were. Sign me up. And special teams, you have to take the all-pro kicker that's on the uh, Ravens. Uh, best punter in the league, according to Bill Belichick, for the Titans. Yeah. Got to take the Ravens, though. Got to be taken. Also, 41 points every year. Yeah. Mr. Tucker. I got to say, though, and I know, like, Justin Tucker's amazing, but Josh Lambeau deserved to be uh, first team this year over Justin Tucker. I know you can shake your head. Dude, the dude dude missed one field goal all year. Maybe you should look at Mr. Uh, Harrison Bucker. Missed about four, but uh, a lot of game winners there. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, we'll take that. All right, so overall, you took a full Ravens sweep on that, though you have them winning the game. I only had the Titans better in linebacker. That's it. Pretty much, this, who do you think has the most breakout plays? Because that's what sets teams apart in the, the playoffs. The Ravens 100% have the most breakout plays. Do you want to? I would. I will gladly do a bet on this. Most twenty-yard plays in this game. What team has more twenty-yard plays? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you're gonna take the Titans. I'm gonna take the Ravens. Yep. Most twenty-yard plays. Um, why did my 20, twenty-five bucks? Really? You want to do twenty-five? Maybe ten. Maybe ten. Ten's a good number. <laughs> 
Okay, 10 is a good number. All right, $10 bet there. Most 20-yard plays, who has more? I'm taking the Ravens. You're taking the Titans. I mean, you got two good guys to do that, right? In A.J. Brown and uh, Derrick Henry. So good for you on that. But I'm, I feel confident in Lamar Jackson making sure he has more 20-yard plays. All right, let's go ahead and into our next game. Houston Texans. The old Texans beat the old Buffalo Bills. Took care of business, barely did it, found a way. Quarterback decided to jump in a pinball machine, said ding, ding. Look at this. First down. Good luck stopping me. Buffalo Bills had a chance, couldn't do it. Josh Allen decided to go, you know what, I'm going to pitch this. I'm going to roll out to the left. Don't take a sack. Guess what I'm about to do? I'm about to have myself a fucking seat 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And then... I'm also going to try and make a deep throw, and it's almost going to be intercepted. Hate to see it as a Bills fan. I think you're there the next couple years. Get yourself a wide receiver one. Let Dawson Knox develop a little bit, and you got Singletary as your running back. I think you got a pretty good set there as a Bills, but the Texans win. They are coming into Arrowhead in Kansas City. They are coming into the kingdom with Will Fuller as a receiver and a guy when he plays the – Difference in the offense for the Texans is tremendous. Um, the Texans did beat the Chiefs the last game. Kansas City's totally different team since then. Carlos Hyde had a big game. That was kind of his revenge game to the Chiefs. You let me go or you traded me. Look what I can do. This is what I did. Custom to the camera. Um, Will Fuller had a lot of big drops. DeAndre Hopkins had a big drop. Kansas City had a chance to win it, just couldn't get things going. A couple turnovers. This, if you remember, was the game that Patrick Mahomes threw the interception. The referees called pass interference, then took back the call because it wasn't pass interference. They called it defensive holding, and you can't call that. So since it wasn't pass interference, they had to, they took it back. It makes no sense, but that was Patrick Mahomes' first interception on the year. It was also Tyreek Hill's first game back. That was a game that he mossed someone deep down the field. And Travis Kelsey had a lot of key drops, but the big difference was that defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Jones wasn't playing. Frank Clark was dealing with an injury. Um, a couple other guys on the defensive line weren't playing. That secondary, the linebacking personnel wasn't right. A lot of difference for the Chiefs in this matchup. If I have to pick a true winner, I think I'm taking the Chiefs. This defense is totally different. Juan Thornhill is out for the year, so that is a big difference. But I think Armani Watts can come in and do just enough to help this team. Him playing last week or against the Chargers for that last regular season game for the Chiefs before the bye, I thought he developed well throughout the game. You kind of start, you started to see him play more instinctively instead of just reactionary. If that, there's a huge difference there. Instead of just seeing it and then reacting to it, he let his instincts take over and he was put, he was putting himself in places to make the correct play in the right stop. I like to see that develop over the next two weeks going into this game. And then this Chiefs offense is on a roll. Travis Kelsey sat out of practice yesterday with a knee injury. I have no other idea of what's going on there. No other update, no other storyline. It's something I'm going to take a deep dive into tonight. Or as of last, I, it's something I took a deep dive into last night. So I have more of an idea what's going into Sunday. I'm also going to be tweeting about that just to kind of get it figured out. Very nerve-wracking game because the Chiefs have already lost to the Texans. But knowing that there's two different teams here, I'm taking the Chiefs. My favorite team, duh, it's who I'm rolling with is the Chiefs. Treese, where are you at? Dude, Chiefs are going to get their ass kicked this weekend. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to do it. Uh, no, I actually think that the Chiefs kind of handle business easily this game. I just don't. I just don't think that the Texans. I mean, given neither the Texans or the Bills really deserved to win that game for how ugly it was last weekend, but. Uh, I just think the Chiefs are they're healthy. Like you said, they were missing a ton of key defensive players last time that these two teams met, and it still came down to the wire. Given, yes, the Chiefs were at home. They're at home again. I think that that place is going to be going nuts. I mean, you're probably going to hear it from your your house this weekend when you're watching that game how, for how loud that place is going to be. Um, I just think that Mahomes is like, okay, now nobody's talking about me. Let me get back to business here. Uh I mean, everybody's talking about the Titans offense. Everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson. Everybody's talking about the 49ers, right? Like, Mahomes is honestly like the fourth or fifth topic in these playoffs at best right now. And so I think he's going to remind people. I think the Texans DBs are not very good. I mean, they did a good job of getting guys like, uh, what's the Conley uh, mm-hmm. from, from the Raiders? Yeah, from Oakland. So um, I thought that was like a really good get for them, and he played. He's played pretty well, but I just, like, I just don't think their DBs are very good. And I think that guys like Tyreek Hill are going to take advantage of that. And um, Damian Williams getting healthy at the right time, starting to make the big plays. Um, you, you personally, and I mean, we've talked about this before. You personally are just higher on Damian Williams as like an overall running back than what I am. But I also think that Damian Williams is like a perfect running back for the chiefs. Like he does what they need him to do. And he makes the big plays like that. So like, I'm, I like Damian Williams in that fit, but I don't, I wouldn't like Damian Williams on almost any other team really um, as the main go-to guy. And then um, I just think the chiefs defensive backs are just getting better and better throughout the year as they're growing. I mean, at the start of the year, they started out like, Oh man, this is going to be a struggle. And they're not Uh, the, like Carlos Hyde would honestly have to go off in this game for the Texans to have a real chance. Like, You'd have to be running the ball, keeping Mahomes off the field. I mean, it's kind of like what they did earlier in the year, right? That's, that's what they were doing. But they'd have to do it again. But this time, the Chiefs know exactly what they're going to try to do. Exactly. And the last matchup was it was weird to see. That was like the one time Bill O'Brien decided to get a little creative with his offense and do some different things that might come back to bite them in the ass this week. And they, another huge difference for this Chiefs team that's not the defense, it's the offense. The offensive line is healthy. Eric Fisher will be playing. Patrick Mahomes is not battling with an ankle injury. He's not limping on that. He's not getting it re-aggravated. Kim Irving is not fucking playing left tackle or left guard. This offensive line is healthy. This receiver group has more experience together. McCall Hardman coming into his own. Sammy Watkins is back to being healthy. Like This is a totally different team than what the, than what the, uh, the Texans saw earlier in the year, and they know that. But let's go ahead and get into the groupings. I think we are both just decided on the Chiefs winning this game. Yes. Okay, perfect. QB group. I'm taking Mahomes. Duh. Agreed. Okay, running back group. This one's tough. Chiefs. Okay, you're taking the Chiefs. Mainly because I think Shady reemerges in this offense. And I just don't, I just don't see it. 
I'm gonna take the Texans, but it's so close. Like it's literally a coin flip. Can't argue that. Wide receiver tight end group. Duh. It's Kansas City. Okay. I mean really. Yeah, really. I I really like obviously Hopkins is amazing, right? Fuller, I can't like be like, oh, but Fuller, because he gets hurt every other game, right? He could easily leave him in the second quarter with a hamstring injury. Um yeah. Steels has played all right. And then like fails for their tight end, like it's meh. But like you have Travis Kelsey. If you want to say he's number one or number two tight end in the league, who cares, right? Like it doesn't really matter at this point. Tyreek Kill, I think he's a top three to four wide receiver in this league. Uh, Hardman, his speed is undeniable. Like it can do a lot of things. Sammy Watkins, I think one of the more overrated wide receivers in this league, but he's still a threat, right? Um, even Pringle, dude. Pringle's a little little dude that like comes out of nowhere from time to time and makes big plays. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I honestly don't think it's that close. I, if this would be a complete blowout, if Houston didn't have Hopkins. Realistically, uh, let's go into the offensive line group. I am taking the chiefs. They are all there and they are all healthy pro bowl and all pro along the line. Yeah. And the Texans just don't have a good offensive line besides their left tackle for the Texans defensive line group. Uh, the question is, is like, this is the tough one, right? Like, do you think like merciless is a tie or a, is a DL or do you think he's a linebacker? Cause technically he's an outside linebacker, right? But he just rushes all the time. So like, that's kind of where it gets a little tricky in this scenario. Um, I'm going to say that he is a linebacker and I will take the chief's defensive line. I will as well. I think if you have Emmanuel Ogba and Okafor playing this game, no question about it because those guys were huge difference makers. But now you have Suggs and Tano Passano coming into his own fold. Mike Pinnell, Derek Naughty, Colin Saunders, the rookie out of Western Illinois, coming into his own as well. I'm taking the Chiefs defensive line still. And the linebacking group, I mean, I guess you take the Texans here, but I just feel like everyone's just so banged up on that team. Yeah, I, I'm also going to take the uh, the Texans here at linebacker because I I'm a big fan of Cunningham and of Wilson uh, Wilson's merciless Jesus I can speak and so like I'm just I'm just a fan of their linebackers so it, it sucks because I really like the linebacker court of the Titans and Texans and so having to watch them play against the Jags multiple times a year I'm always like yeah you guys have done well here <laughs> so yeah I'm gonna take the Texans there. When I go to DBs, uh, like I already said during my kind of preview of this game, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I am as well, and mainly because of the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Dude has just taken that over by storm. The clear leader on the defensive side of the ball with Frank Clark. I literally think they're co-leaders. You can't pick one over the other at this point. Special teams, I'm also taking the Chiefs. Dustin Colquitt, Harrison Butker, now McCool Hardman, return specialist. Hey, if you can't take it to the house now, look out, because he might do it this game as well. Yeah, uh, this one's – yeah, sure. I'll I'll take the Chiefs just because I, – I mean, kicker and punter-wise, I kind of don't see a huge difference with these guys. Um, but with the return game, I yeah, I will take Hardman there, so I will take the Chiefs. Awesome. Um, that's pretty much it for this game. It's going to be an exciting one. I, of course, is going to be watching it. But our last game that we're going to be going over is the Seattle Seahawks. Taking care of a beaten up Eagles. Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt. Eagles probably win that game. 
Seahawks still find a way to win. They are now heading into Lambeau, the great Lambeau in Green Bay, where it all started. Vince Lombardi. Hey, Packers, Cheeseheads. Who are you taking? So everybody's taking the Seahawks here. Like every that everybody I'm seeing, they're just like I'm so unimpressed with the Packers. They're the least scary number two seed I've ever seen. Okay, you guys think that I'm taking the Packers. <laughs> I <laughs> um, am as well. Like this, these guys get after the quarterback. Like they will get to Russell Wilson multiple times. Like I'm saying, four, five, six sacks this game. And I think this running game is going to run over and try to bully this defensive line of the Seahawks. So I'm going to take them. Like, who cares that um, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had those uh, monster stats this year? That's just not his game this year. Like, that's not – they know that's not their strength. So I'm going to take the Packers here. Uh, Zadarius Smith, I'm going to just say that. He's my defensive player of the year. Wow. I mean, going through this team here for the Packers, they have what the Seattle Seahawks offense has. Speed in the secondary to cover, Lockett and DK, and they have enough size along the front to slow down that running game. A running game that's kind of beat up. Marshawn Lynch just came off his couch two weeks ago. I mean, with the Saints out of the playoffs and my gut feeling of the Vikings beating the 49ers, uh, Packers might just have an easy road into the fucking Super Bowl, realistically. They're yeah. going to go face the team for the third time if the Vikings win. That they uh, dominated the other two times? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Third time's well, a charm, baby. Let's fucking roll right on into that freaking place where it all started for us. Totally. And, like, here's my big thing for this game is – they have Jair Alexander, who is just a scrappy, feisty dude that will handle Tyler Lockett. And then they have King on the opposite side, who is a tall, lanky wide receiver that won't get bullied by the size of DK Metcalf as much, right? Like, DK mm-hmm. is still a beast, and he'll probably still make a good play or two, right? I'm not saying that he was, he's not going to get anything, but I think that he King will be able to kind of make it so those deep routes just aren't as effective, mm-hmm. right? And so it might be that David Moore guy that on that had a couple good plays for the uh, Seahawks last week. He might have to be the dude that makes all the big plays because I think that's what they're going to do, just play, hey, let's go man-to-man here. You got some safeties over the top if you need it, and they'll probably you know pull some safeties inside and just be like, okay, and we're really going to stop the run here. And again, the two Smith brothers, Zadarius and Preston Smith, I think that they are going to be very good at getting outside. And then they have awesome spin moves to get back inside for when Russell Wilson wants to start a takeoff running. And they're going to get him from behind a couple of times this game. I'm very excited to see this matchup. I think you're exactly right. And another thing we haven't even talked about, this Packers offense. You know, I mean, Devontae Adams was out with an injury. Um you know, huge chunk of the season. Yeah. So these like, younger oh. guys built a relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Like they are earning his trust. And you're heading in like to this playoff game as Aaron Rodgers knowing, you know what? I trust these guys. Mm-hmm. I know I can throw it up to Lazard and he's going to come down with it. Yes. I got in yes down the middle of the field. He's going to come down with it. We need a key play. We need a big play. We're going to Adams. Yep. I can throw to someone who I've already chewed ass on not to catch one handed to go up with two. And you're tied in, 
Go make it happen. And then you have the running game. I mean, you have a running back, a pretty damn good one, too. If you yeah. need to run the ball, I mean, the Packers are just better in every aspect on both sides of the ball. For sure. Uh, and I and a guy that's been coming up with big plays in the red zone is uh, Al- Allison for them. Geronimo yes. Allison. He's been coming up with some big touchdowns there. And we've been saying this since like week six. When are they going to bring back the passing plays that are going to the running backs? Right, they used to put Williams and Jones into the like wide receivers and do like even wide receiver screens to them and just letting the wide receivers block the corner and safety and then it's just a running back on the outside already. It's happening. It's if it doesn't happen in the first half and if it's close, they will bring it back in the second half. I I could see both of those guys having a lot of receptions in this game, like probably ten receptions between the two of them. I would agree with that because the Seattle Seahawks linebackers cannot cover. Like we, yes. we discussed that last week, like Wagner or a couple weeks ago, can't cover anybody. Yep. Great linebacker, great tackler, great leader. Can't cover. He's lost his speed. Realistically. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's gone at this point. It happens. Father time's going to win. Yeah. Still fantastic linebacker. Not saying that away from me. He just like what made those guys like, crazy good when the Seahawks were those defenses is because they had that type of speed, like where they were running with even DBs, right? And they, yeah. I mean, they're just not anymore. So so I clear clear cut winner for both of us here with the Packers. Let's go ahead and head into the groupings quarterback. This is probably the toughest one of all of it. Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Uh, I'm going to take Russell Wilson because of his playoff record. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to have to agree with that. Like just two great, phenomenal deep ball throwers. This game could very well come down to the wire of who has the biggest throw at the end of the game. Yep. And honestly, you better hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the ball last because we've seen a couple hair marries from him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some, <laughs> some of the best plays of the last decade, really. Like they, did you see ESPN? We never talked about this. Did you see ESPN's little video that they did, like an eight-minute, nine-minute video of like all the best plays from the last decade? Yeah, that really pissed me off. Why? They didn't show the Kansas City Royals one time. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't really think of that. Yeah, that's fair. The Houston Astros didn't see them. Saw the Chicago Cubs. Cool. No, it's been a hundred years. The Astros and the Giants literally owned this decade with the Royals and the Cubs in the middle of it. Yeah. You didn't hear about two of them. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Touch of subject. I shouldn't have brought this up. Other than that, it was pretty good. They just left out a lot of key monumental moments of the Midwest teams. Can't be surprised at the ESPN. They own the coasts. Yes, they do. Let's move on. Uh, running backs. Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that we're taking the Green Bay Packers running backs. Yep. Uh, same for the wide receivers, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually a lot closer than what you just gave it credit for. But, yeah, I will take – fuck, man. I don't know. I really like the – I might take the Seahawks wide receivers overall. I, I think so. More Metcalf and Lockett over Adams, Lazard, Allison, and MVS on top of Jimmy Graham. Yeah, because I just don't think Jimmy Graham's good. 
So I think him and Hollister are the same guy like at this point. So then it's like, okay, wow. obviously I'm going to take Adams over Lockett, but DK I'm going to take over anybody else. Um, Moore is probably the same as the other guys, if you're talking to Lazard and stuff. I mean, I guess what's the difference, right? Would you rather I, – I mean, then it comes down to Lockett and DK versus – Adams and whoever you want to call their number two at this point. It's either Lazard or Allison. I think Allison plays more than him, so I'm going to go with Allison. So Allison and Adams versus DK or Lockett. Shit, man, that's close. I, I don't. I'll take no wrong Seattle, answer. But I don't think there's a wrong answer. Yep. Okay. Offensive line. Probably <laughs> the Packers. I think the yeah. Packers have one of the top five best offensive lines in football. So defensive uh, line going same thing. Exactly. Linebackers? Probably taking the Seahawks here. But the, the Packers, like, they're not bad. They're just young. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess and it really comes down to, again, three, four or whatnot. Are you taking – are the Smith brothers defensive line or are they just outside linebackers? Are you counting them as linebackers? Again, I'm, I'm counting them as defensive linemen, though, because they yeah. purely just pass rush. So yeah. um, I will do that. Linebackers, Seattle with you there. DBs? This is where it gets kind of tough because I'm just going to take the Seahawks. I'm just I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, Jair Alexander is one of probably in my top four favorite corners in this league. He is so wow. much fun to watch. So, um, and special teams taking the Packers as well. Agreed. Yep. I'll I'll trust Mason Crosby. Yep, for sure. And they're their young punter. I mean, we've seen that dude kiss his own knee to start the year. I mean, that yeah. son of a bitch talk about a flexible hammy. I've never <laughs> been able to do that. I never did. I didn't even do that coming out of the womb. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Um, all right. So that really kind of does it. What are you doing for the game? I got to know. For all the games or just, just like just the Chiefs? I just want to know about the Chiefs game. Uh, fucking sitting on my couch, decked out in Chiefs gear. Um, no idea what I'm eating. I don't know, dude. I'm just gonna sit and watch it, and tweet, and be very vocal. That was gonna be my next question. Are you gonna be vocal, or are you gonna like set it away? I'm vocal. I'm very vocal. See, I'm I'm exact opposite. Like when my given, it's been a few years now, but like when the Jags were going on their run. Like, I put my phone away and was like, I'll see social media and everything in three hours. No, I like looking at social media just in case I miss something small that has a huge impact. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. I want to see every aspect of the game, every moment, every reaction, all of it. Mm -hmm. I get that. All right. Well, dude, uh, just for the sake of our podcast, I hope that the Chiefs win, uh, not because we're friends or anything. Um, you know, I just don't want you to be upset on the podcast. Like, that'd be super just depressing for everybody if we were, like, had to talk the next day and you were still upset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, before we end this, after those fucking remarks, uh, if you've been listening to us this entire time, this entire season— We've thanked you guys numerous times. We do appreciate it. If you have yet to do this, please go rate, review, and subscribe. Um, if you're just listening to listen, that's awesome. But if you can go do that on iTunes, that is huge. That really shows us 
the amount of consistency we have to understand what you guys like and what you don't. We enjoy the interactions on social media. You can continue to do that. You can get Treese on Twitter at Justin Treese. That's it, right? Just Correct. at Justin Treese. He got his first and last name. Lucky son of a bitch. There's not another one here. And then you can get me on Twitter or literally anything, Austin Cham 33 um, Again, at Justin Treese, at Austin Cham 33 If you have not done it yet, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes because that's what's going to help us continue to grow. And also – Obviously, talking underscore football for yes. our, yeah, for Twitter. I, I mean, also Instagram as well. It's just talking football. Uh, but we are doing our best to be as active as possible on Twitter lately. I feel like we've had a lot of good conversations with a lot of people the last few weeks, and we've really enjoyed the interaction. So, again, like Austin said, thank you very much, everybody. We really appreciate all of you. And tonight we've been talking football.